Percy, have you ever been around those who overshare information with people, and at times maybe that's just not the wise thing to do? <laughs> you know, Wayne, I have, my friend. I can remember the days, and you probably can as well, when churches used to have what they used to call testimony services. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, this is where, of course, the members would get up and offer praise reports of the goodness of the Lord and, you know, how God intervened and et cetera. But sometimes those individuals would share information that was not really appropriate for the setting, or they would simply overshare too much personal information not fit for public consumption. <laughs> and many churches, you know, as a result of that, eventually discontinued this practice of testimony service. So I think today we should probably discuss appropriate communication as it pertains to cancer patients of when, where, and whom they should share their information. What do you think? I think you're absolutely right, and we will all learn from the discussion to come, so stay tuned. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Pastor P. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and today our guest is Percy McRae, because mm. you've been thinking a lot about this communication strategy stuff, and we're going to learn from your experience, Percy. Well, you know, and again, as you say often on most of the shows, I was prodded by a statement from a, a previous interview that uh, we conducted. Uh, that, that really got me thinking around this topic in terms of communication and strategies of communication because, you know, cancer patients, you know, they're, they're struck initially when they're told that they have cancer, but they've never really, you know, given a lot of thought of to whom, when, where, or how they should share that information. So we're going to unpack that today and hopefully give people some really helpful strategies that will allow them to do that in an effective way. Yeah, this is going to be a great conversation, I feel, and very, very helpful information. So stay tuned for that. And our question that we're asking this week fits right in with what we're talking about here. Mm. The question is this, have you ever regretted sharing information with others to realize you needed to be more thoughtful with whom you shared that info with? So mm. think about that. And, uh, you know, you can be honest. You can be anonymous, of course. Mm -hmm when you reply, and we'd love to hear your response to that question at healthhopeandinspiration.com. I'll, I'll say it one more time. Here's the question. Have you ever regretted sharing information with others to realize you needed to be more thoughtful with whom you shared that info with? Answer at healthhopeandinspiration.com when you click on the tab, Connect. Percy, thanks for reading the responses. I know they're helpful to you as you shape future podcasts. Yeah, and so we have a response to a question that was asked on a previous show. Uh, we have a respondent from Elmira, New York, uh, to the question that was asked, what was something you learned during your cancer journey? And their response was this. On my journey, I found that Googling my diagnosis depressed me terribly. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that uh, what I read was not pertinent to me. The answers are basically general. I would not recommend using Google to research a cancer diagnosis. Talk with your doctor. They have the newest information about your cancer. That's very insightful, and, isn't it? 
It is. And and uh, I remember a former colleague of mine's, a uh, very bright, astute guy, he said, you know, the, the great thing and the worst thing about the Internet is <laughs> you can get good and bad information all at the same time, right, depending yeah. on where you read and who you're reading from. Yeah. And I think with regard to this specifically, and this might be a show that we might do, this is a good show idea, actually, is the fact that ultimately at the end of the day, uh, you should always sit down and have a direct conversation with your healthcare provider and make sure that you're getting all of the latest and greatest information directly from your healthcare agent. And also bear in mind that your cancer scenario may be uniquely different mm -hmm. than someone else's situation and scenario, which may require uh, a different response, a yeah. different process, and a different pathway. A lot of, of nuance there to consider, sure. There's, and so it's very, very important because, again, cancer is a very individualized disease and needs to be responded to uh, in a very individualized way. And that's one of the things that Cancer Treatment Centers of America talks about quite a bit and focuses on is individualized, personalized care for the current patient that is sitting in front of that healthcare provider. So this was a very great response. Thank you so much, Elmira yeah. in New York. And share your perspective with us on this question we're asking this week by going to healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right, let's uh, let's turn to scripture. You've got a discussion here prepared for us that's going to be very helpful about uh, sharing information about our cancer journey. So we'll get into that after we learn from God's word. So our spiritual nugget that's going to set this conversation up is found in Psalms 147, verses 12 and 13. I'm going to be reading from the Berean Study Bible Translation, and it reads as follows. Exalt the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. Verse 13. For he strengthens the bars of your gates mm, and blesses the children within you. He makes peace at your borders. I think that this is an amazing scripture. It's going to establish a principle around uh, boundaries, communication, when, where, how, and whom, particularly with regard to having a, a cancer diagnosis. And so with that, we want to get uh, some wisdom and insight around having our bars of our gates strengthened. Because when we talk about the gates uh, Wayne, it's very important that we're talking about the entry and exit points of our being, our eyes, our ears, our mouth. Those are gates. The Bible refers mm -hmm. to them as a gate. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember when I went to Jerusalem and, you know, one of the, you know, the gates to go mm -hmm. in and out of the city of oh, David yeah, to get sure. access to or exit from. Well, the scripture says that we need to strengthen the bars of our gates so that we can ultimately have our children within us blessed. In this particular context, I'm using the word children to represent hope, optimism, faith, stamina. These are your children that are within you that needs to be protected, particularly when you are in a state of duress or confusion. So today we're going to talk about boundaries and strategies and when and where and how and whom you should consider sharing your information about your cancer journey. All right, we'll begin our conversation in a moment, Percy. But if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-4673. 
Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, Percy, let's dig into this topic here today. Most people don't have the benefit of being prepared regarding being diagnosed with cancer, nor how to communicate their diagnosis with family and friends. You know, Wayne, it's an important school of thought that that I think and I want us to build a discussion around today, particularly with respect to uh, people who are struggling with this. And first, before we do that, you know, according to the American Cancer Society, who has written a document entitled uh, Telling Others About Your Cancer, this is what they have to say about this topic. Only you can decide when to tell your friends and family you have cancer. Most people need and want to talk to someone when they find themselves in this kind of situation. Uh, Think ahead so that you can tell them what they can do when they ask how they can help. People who live alone particularly often have a few extra needs compared to those who live with others. And the and the the disclaimer here is, is that basically you need to give some thought to this. You need to begin to kind of prep and and be mindful of of how and when and where uh, to share this information. And so this is what we want to try to talk about a little bit. today. Okay. so with that in mind, with both your personal and professional experience in the cancer community, I understand you've pulled together five key principles every cancer patient should place in their toolbox regarding how much information should one share about that cancer. Yeah, and you know me, Wayne. I'm always trying to think of tips and suggestions and ideas. That's what we sure. do on this show. That's yep. why we're here. And so, yep, with that being said, you know, you know, my my two decades of supporting cancer patients and my personal cancer journey, you know, let's not forget, I've been that guy on the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. What has taught what that taught me, uh, when when one has cancer and when I had cancer is first and foremost principle number one, that they should stop, drop and roll. Wait a minute. That's that's that seems to be taken from something else in life, not cancer. <laughs> it is. So I want to use it as as a as a type of of school of thought and disposition. Of course, you know, this was a a firefighter analogy with yeah. regard to trying to have a presence of of thought when one is caught on fire or should be set on fire or or find themselves in a in a situation that there there tends to be, you know, uh panic and 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 then people just start running in a direction and not really giving a whole lot of thought to things. So one must gather themselves okay. for a clean line or a clear line of sight. When you first hear that you have cancer, and I've been there, uh, and I remember very vividly the day when my doc said to me via the phone, "We found a tumor. Uh, you know, it's the size of a of a golf ball, and you need to go see an oncologist immediately." Wow. It was in the middle of my grandchildren visiting us for summer, and they're out in the pool splashing, and and Grandma is in heaven because the kids are out, and she's standing there, and they're blowing bubbles and playing with the rubber ducky, and I'm sitting there holding the telephone, and I had to gather myself, and the first thing that I remembered was I did not want to disrupt them of the good time that they were having and that I needed to stop. I needed to drop. And I needed to roll. I needed to gather myself. And so great point. A cancer diagnosis is a literal shock to anyone's system and can traumatize you or create drama or trauma in your life, creating disorientation, discombobulation 
uncertainty and panic. And what we want you to do and think about is before you do anything, before you say anything, gather yourself, give yourself some time to just kind of gather what you have heard. You know, it was a numb feeling that took place. And I had to just let that wash over me before I said anything, before I spoke to anyone and before I started sharing that information to people. And so Psalms 23, one and three tells us this, and we know this scripture, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. This is a biblical example of we've got to stop and gather ourselves and allow some time to kind of take place and allow the Lord to kind of take us by the hand and kind of lead us into some places of disposition and attitude that we may become a little bit more calm, a little more relaxed to absorb the shock of what's been told to us. Principle number. A lot of people listening right now totally understand what you're talking about, that numbness mm-hmm. that uh, sets mm-hmm. in almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's your key point number one. And let me explain to our listeners that I know you'd like to take notes. Feel free to take notes, of course. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say that these points that uh, Percy is and will be talking about today are all contained in the resource Cancer Communication Strategies available online right now at mm-hmm. Health, Hope, and Inspiration. So so go ahead and take those notes, but uh, just know that it's summarized there for your benefit, too. Okay, number two on your list, Percy. Number two is go to the throne before picking up the phone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, The tendency, particularly in the day and age that we live in with instant communication via our telephone, Internet, etc., is that, you know, we immediately will start texting someone. Uh, we'll immediately just start calling people or what have. And I've talked to many cancer patients that they said that that was kind of their first reaction is that I got to call somebody right now today and, and start, you know, chatting about this. And so the thing that I would like to recommend, and this also was uh, provided to me as a school of thought by a pastor, uh, a female pastor who was diagnosed with cancer. She was on the podium uh, uh, uh overseeing a graduation service of the students that graduated from her Christian school when her doctor had called her just before she took the podium. Oh, no. And she said that she had to gather herself. And she said, Mm. when I went up to the podium, the thought that came to me was, I need to go to the throne before I go to the telephone and call anyone. That's really good. So first seek the face or voice of God before you open yourself up to others and their opinions and responses. Mm -hmm. This is huge. Because see, we cannot predict, Wayne, what people are going to say to us because we have to remember those folks are going to be just as shocked as you were when you were told. So there's going to be a reaction or a response or a dynamic that may come from them that at that moment in time may not be the appropriate reaction or response that you need. So first seek the face and the voice of God before you open yourself up to others and their opinions and responses. Settle your spiritual convictions with God first, if possible, by affirming your spiritual relationship with God. What is my relationship with you, God? I am your son or I am your daughter. Uh, You said that you would never leave me or forsake me. You're going to have to start rehearsing that in your head. And then seek God's comfort and consultation. What does his word say about your situation? You know, so that you can begin to start building yourself up, the Bible says, in your most holy faith. And then renew spiritual goals or purposes. 
I cannot tell you how many cancer patients said that when they were told that they had cancer, they started reminding themselves of what they said God told them that they were assigned to do. (laughs) I still have a church to pastor. I'm a missionary. I still have, there are spiritual goals and things that I'm still sitting in front of me that I am going to remind myself of. And then lastly, and, and maybe most importantly, is settle your eternal resting place. That can sound kind of fatalistic. It can, but here, and uh, Jerry Rose, who who has been on this platform several times, we know, great communicator, broadcaster, he said that uh, based upon all of his success, he said the thing that he had to settle within himself when he was told that he had cancer is, what is my final resting place if today is going to be my last day or if something is going to take place? Where am I going to spend my eternity that I can rest upon and then I can go back and build back up from there knowing that I am assured in my heart that no matter what happens to me, I am still going to a better place. And so with that... Yeah, you work backwards uh, from that reality is what you do. That's exactly correct. And he said that became his bedrock that he built everything back upon based upon the fact that he understood and he settled in his heart his eternal resting place. So so Hebrews 4 and 16 basically says this, therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in the time of need. Go to the throne before you first pick up the telephone. (laughs) I love it. This is so (laughs) helpful. Keep going, man. Number three of these key points. Number three, strategically identify your inner circle. And I like to say it this way, who's who in the zoo? (laughs) Who's who in the zoo? Think about it. When we go to the zoo, notice that every animal has a a identifying set of information that tells you who they are, (laughs) what part of the country that they're from, what type of food they eat, uh, the region of the world that they basically exist in. They're giving you an identification of who's who in the zoo. The same thing is true with regard to your inner circle of family and friends. Not that they're animals, and I want to be very clear. This is just an analogy, of course. But, But who's who in your inner circle? You need to be able to sit down and think about and identify who those folks are. And I would suggest... Because when we do this, uh, every cancer patient needs to identify five essential skill sets among uh, those that are in their inner circle who will be a help and not a hindrance to what you have just been told that you've got to work through. And so know who is the encourager in your group. Okay. With the word of God, who's steeped in the word that can give you a word instantly when you need it, uh, that can that can be prepared to react and respond accordingly, that will encourage you. You need an encourager in your group. And then you need someone who just has a who's just blessed with having the ability to listen. I'm not going to say a whole lot. They don't need to say a whole bunch because there are times that cancer patients very much like as most husbands have learned with their wives. They want to talk to you, but they don't want you to say anything. They just want you to sit there and listen. (laughs) They just want you to just process what they are saying and give them outlet and allow them to audibly express what's going on inside of them. There are times that cancer patients don't want to be told what to do or think or feel. They just want to be heard. It's one of the reasons why we do this platform, Mm -hmm. because many cancer patients feel like they have a story to tell 
but they never had an outlet where they could tell their stories. And so you need an encourager, you need a listener, and then you need a logical thinker in the group, someone who could help you process information. Uh, cancer patients receive a ton of data, statistics, uh, 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 medications, uh, limitations, things that you can do, things that you can't do, things that you need to remember. You need someone in your group who can logically help you process and think through all of that. Well, let me pause you right there because isn't it wise maybe to take someone with you to the doctor sometimes? Because when you get this information, again, there's that numbness that sets in and maybe they can be listening for details that you miss. That's exactly correct. And I've heard many people who have said that uh, when they're sitting in their doctor's office, there's a point where they absolutely just tune out the rest of the information. They're, They're on information overload. And it's not that they're ignoring their doctor. They simply just mentally can't process any more it information happens. that is that is being yeah, distributed to them. We've been there, haven't we? Yeah. Absolutely. So your caregiver uh, or or that person that's in your camp, you know, who's who in your zoo, can be there to take notes, to help mm-hmm. you process information, and to help you remind you of information that was given to you that you just simply right. stopped processing. Yeah, that can be a spouse or a close friend, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then you need a reliable ta- task executor. I know this sounds weird. <laughs> a doer. <laughs> you know, someone that can do things and get things done. That's exactly right. Uh, they can organize, they can structure, because what happens for a lot of cancer patients is your day-to-day life is disrupted, your, your day-to-day goings and comings. Someone who can help you with your task and get things done for you, that they don't need a lot of instruction, they don't need a lot of information, they just need to be pointed in a direction and say, listen, can you help me with my laundry? Can you help me with the kids? Can you help me grocery shop? Whatever it may be, you know, you set the tone of what that is, but someone who is a, a reliable task executor, and then lastly, which is kind of akin to the logical thinker, so uh, uh, information processor, someone mm-hmm. who can pro- help you process information, yep. not just take the information and hear it, but help you process it. I know that there were times, even still to this day, my wife says, you know, well, your doctor actually said this, babe, and you know, you missed that point. And you didn't really process that. And I was like, well, I got to go back and rethink that. So, again, someone who can help you process information. These are five uh, individuals or skill sets that I would recommend you try to identify in your inner circle that would be of value and benefit to you. And And once again, they're in the resource that uh, you can download at healthhopeandinspiration.com. If you missed any of those, they're all so important. Right. And remember, some people are simply emotional negative and purveyors of bad information. Some people just feed off of bad information, but they're not helpful. You need to think about who's who in your inner circle. And so Proverbs 13, 20 says, become wise by walking with the wise, hang out with fools and watch your life to fall to pieces. And so with that, you got to love Proverbs, right? (laughs) You got to love it. Well, in this particular case, as a cancer patient, you have to think about you. You, it, this cannot be about anyone else other than you, and you need to be mindful and conscious of who those individuals are that you're sharing your information with and how can they help you and be of value to you at the end of the day. Okay. Well, Percy, you're on fire, man. Cancer communication strategies. Let's let's get right into number four. Number four is your message menu should be a la carte and not buffet style. Hmm. We all been to buffets where 
everything is just laid out there and you just grab what you want as much as you want, as many times as you want, right? Yep. Well, when you talk about having a cancer diagnosis, you need to set up your menu bar to be a la carte. You know, I can, I'll give you a piece of this at a time. I'll share only that with you, but you're not necessarily going to open up everything about your cancer experience to everyone to just feed off of because you need to be mindful of when, where, and who. And so control your narrative. Everybody does not need to know everything. And that's what uh, one of our interviews that I, I spoke to, a lady told me, she said, I, I, I realized early on, everybody didn't need to know everything about what was going on with me. And I had to kind of uh, relegate and, and regulate that information. And so with that, uh, ration out portions of information as needed that benefits and supports your best interests, not the loyalties of others. Some may only need to know that you're having a health care challenge and that is it. Right. So be mindful of, 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 of how much information you control that you get to dictate that. Proverbs 21 and 23 says, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. How about that? Oh, boy. Mm. Great one. All right. Well, I know you have a fifth point, but I'm going to pause for just a moment and remind everyone that with locations in Atlanta and Chicago and Phoenix, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute designated comprehensive cancer center, and it's a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers, which offers an integrated approach that combines surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies to manage side effects and enhance quality of life during treatment and into survivorship. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling this number, 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE, or 712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies like spiritual support. And you can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, Percy, you've been sharing with us these principles, uh, cancer communication strategies. You've shared four so far. I know you have a fifth one, and I'll remind everyone listening that you can go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and download the free resource, Cancer Communication Strategies, which is a summary of these very points that Percy is talking through today. So thanks for doing that homework for us. It's kind of like an open book test, I guess you could say here, Percy, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Number five of this important list. Yeah, our, our last point for the day, and it's a big one because we need to remember that, you know, cancer patients, to, we want to empower them. Everything about cancer today that we read, studies, research, talks about empowering because when you're told that you have cancer, psychologically and emotionally, you can feel disempowered. And so we want to give power back to the cancer patient. With that being said, remember, you're the pilot. Provide your passengers clear flight instructions. Hmm. You know, think about when you get on the plane, you sit down, then the the pilot comes on and he introduces himself. He tells you where we're going. 
you know, he tells you what the altitude is going to be and what, you know, the prospective weather is. Mm -hmm. uh, buckle up. You know, we're going to have a knife flight, but I need you to enjoy yourself. And also uh, remember the COVID restrictions and, you know, respect <laughs> your, your 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 flight attendants and be kind to your the neighbors. We all he's know the giving, speeches. Yeah, right. He's giving us instructions or she they're giving us instructions because they are in control of the plane. Basically, they are the captain of the ship. And so are you with regard to your scenario and situation when you're told that you have cancer place clear parameters and limitations on the distribution of your information mm. and this is super important oh yeah uh and and we're talking to the faith community and you know wayne you and i and you know we we are part of the faith community we came out of the faith community so i can make this statement and it is true you know, we know that it's a sin to gossip. We know we don't we don't gossip at church. We shouldn't do that. We know that that's wrong. But I can share a prayer request, right? <laughs> right. So, but yeah, but we're just fellowshipping around information, right? So, yeah. So at the end of the day, we are not fellowshipping around information. And in some cases, we have to be mindful if we want to, quote unquote, share a prayer request. Do we have the permission of that individual to talk about any element and aspect of their health care. This so is critically that, important. Thanks for this bringing is this up. Super, super important. Yeah. So uh, place clear parameters and limitations on the distribution of your information. Who, when, and where you allow others to share, including your local church and pastor, is your right to manage and control. Mm -hmm. So with that, the, the big point here. And there's actually a law from a healthcare perspective called HIPAA yeah. that also protects the healthcare information of any individuals that that cannot just be dispersed or given or shared without the permission of the patient. And we need to exercise that same sensitivity within the rank and file of the faith community. But as the cancer patient, remember, you get to determine and set those parameters. That's your responsibility and you have a right to do so. And you may have to be direct in, in saying so to some friends, right? You may have Absolutely. to say, look, here's the situation I'm sharing with you, but I'm, I'm, I'm asking you not to share it with others at this point. That is correct. So again, remember that all of this is around what's your best interest, not the best interest of the people or, or the sensitivities of others, because at the end of the day, uh, this becomes crucial to uh, who hears your information and then what what people say to you, how they react to you, because it can impact a cancer patient. I, I knew of a pastor. Uh, he's a, now a pastor, but a gentleman who told me that he wouldn't tell his, the members of his local church at the time that he had cancer because he was so concerned about some of the things that yep. they would say to him that just would, was not can appropriate. can get out of hand. It really can yep. very easily. And so. And yeah. so it's very important. So we have a scripture that helps us with that. Okay. Job twenty two twenty eight that says this, Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and light shall shine upon thy ways. In other words, you get to set the parameters. You get to decree or say what is or isn't with regard to your personal health information, family, friends, church members. And and people mean well, Wayne, you know, they're well-intended, oh, but yeah. simply... I don't doubt uh, that, we, sure. Yeah, we just need to give them boundaries, and we need to give them uh, some limitations of, of when, where, what, and how to share any of our personal information, because it could be negatively impactful to us uh, later on down the line. And there's no reason to add any additional stress or negative anxiety to a cancer experience that, that one is not already experiencing because of the fact that they have cancer. In summary, number one, stop, drop, and roll. 
Mm-hmm. Number two, go to the throne before picking up the phone. Mm-hmm. Three, strategically identify your inner circle. Four, your message menu should be a la carte and not buffet. And five, you're the pilot. Provide your passengers clear flight instructions. All of this is in a resource form you can download right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. What would you say in conclusion here, Percy? Well, we talked about a lot. And again, remember, you're in charge of your information. You have a right to manage that accordingly. So in many ways, having cancer can challenge areas of one's life and uh, and areas that they once controlled. And, and that's a big factor for many cancer patients is the loss of control. It's one of the huge emotional and psychological negative impacts of being told that you have cancer, that you begin to feel like you've lost control of your body parts, of your hair, of, of movement, whatever. So it is most imperative that every cancer patient maintains as much control of their situation as possible. And one of the key areas that every cancer patient can and should maintain a level of control is the timing and amount of information that they grant their family, friends, and community to act, that give them access to. Right. Today, remember, you get to manage your information and you have a right to do that and don't allow anyone to make you feel guilty otherwise. And as our spiritual nugget told us in Psalms 147, 12, and 13, exalt the Lord, O Jerusalem, praise your God, O Zion, for he strengthens the bars of your gates. God will help you to strengthen and reinforce your gates of what information you allow to come in and go out from you. And he will bless the children within you. Your stamina, your strength, your hope, your expectation, those are your kids. You need to nurture them. You need them. You want them to grow and flourish because they will strengthen you to continue to fight the good fight of faith. So at the end of the day, he makes peace at your borders. What we need when we're told that we have cancer is we need peace to overcome and overtake our scenarios. And if we don't provide the borders and the limitations of that, we allow other people to dictate that. And that is up to us to manage and control today. So with that being said, understand that you have a right to control any and all information regarding your health and your scenario and situation. Pastor P, once again, you've done us a great service here today. This is so helpful and it's helpful for both the uh, person going through a cancer journey as well as caregivers too. So thank you so much for putting this together for our benefit. Well, thank you. And remember, you know, we've got work to do, folks. And that's why I continue to tell you, let's keep chopping the wood. God bless until the next time. And with that, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific need. 
Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.